Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, okay, this is the Talking Tactics podcast. What's up, everybody? My name is Daniel. It's your boy, HH. Yep. Uh, we do this podcast every Tuesday. Follow us on the social medias. All the links are in the description for Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud. If you're listening over there, hit the hearts if you like what you hear. Um, if you're on Spotify, remember to follow us. Shout out to the people that's listening over there. We got a grip over there now, like a few hundred. So shout out to you guys. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, remember to subscribe. It's free. If you feel like it, leave a five-star review and we, will read, and we will read it on the show. It's the kid, it's the kid, just trying to live, listen to the pod every week, love what you guys do and the topics you guys discuss, game analysis, and all is top-notch, second to none. Keep up the good work, boys, from Twitch Cough. Shout out to that review from, from Canada. Hey, you know, Canada, is, 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 isn't, isn't that your country? I was born, I was born. Halifax, Nova Scotia. That's hey, Halifax. Thank you for that review. Leave one, and, and we will read it if it's five stars, obviously. Yo, and we have a Patreon. Thank yeah. you to everyone that's uh, a Patreon that's been with us. We started in January. It's November now, so that's 10 months, 11 months, if you include this one. So, yeah, um, yeah. So I, yeah, I encourage everybody to you know check the tiers. $3 a month, and you get Talking Tactics Extra, where we spend 30 40 I think the last one might have been like an hour. You, we had a lot to get through. We you, had a lot to get through. You, you get time. bang for your buck. You get bang yeah, for Yeah, for sure. And this week... It's going to be about power. <laughs> All right. This is news that would normally break on a Tuesday after we've recorded. But thankfully, uh, Yuli Hunis and the guys at Bayern Munich did us a favor. Basically, I'm thinking about us. You know. Obviously. And, uh, you know, so Bayern Munich sacked Nico Kovac, who has been their manager for a year and some change, maybe a year mm-hmm. and a half now. And Schlechter got sacked. Heinkes then finished the Heinkes season. Came in, right, right, right. Then he then took over beginning of last season. Yeah, he probably would have gotten sacked last year, but he won the Bundesliga. So how do you sack a manager that wins the league? So he stayed, but I think he was he was always on thin ice. It never really felt like this was his job and it was he was going to be there for years and years and years. It was always just like, once bad things start to happen, it's an easy sack. And uh, they lost 5-1 to Eintracht Frankfurt, I think. 
they only had 10 men. No, no, no excuse. No, no, no yeah, excuse. I, was, I was paying attention. Like there was games going on at the time. And I was like, what's going on with Bayern? I, it didn't register like this is going to be a sackable offense. But I guess it's just the kind of weird results that are going on with Bayern. Oh, but, 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 but see, this is something that maybe I'll even ask you this is that. Because my initial thoughts was that it's not a sackable of offense. Doing really well in the Champions League will probably finish top of their, their group. Have you seen the Bundesliga lately? It's like five points separate, first and tenth. They can easily source um, so, so, so it's it is early enough in the season for them to go on a winning run and still win the Bundesliga. So I'm like, no, it's wrong. But my thing is this, and I think you alluded to it. Maybe they've seen a pattern carry on from last season. And also, I think this is what some Landheimer said to me is that I think Kovac resigned. I don't think he got sacked. I think he resigned. Ooh. Because because so that's why it's very clear to know what's really happened because that is key. If he resigned, then that changes the whole concept. If he wasn't, because it would make more sense to me if he resigned than if he got sacked. Because if he got sacked, bro, that's a big move to make at this point in time in the season. I think it's interesting how the media reports on these things. Obviously, they try to make it as salacious as possible. So a resignation isn't as interesting, I guess. So when the manager leaves, it's been a sack. Like when, whenever Mourinho leaves a club by mutual consent, it's always Mourinho got sacked. Like, did he, or did they kind of come to an agreement amongst themselves? Like, I, like the last time with Chelsea, I guess he got sacked, and with uh, United, I guess he got sacked. But I remember when he left the first time, it was by mutual consent, and a lot of people were like, "Yo, Mourinho got sacked. Chelsea sacked Mourinho. Boom, boom, boom." So if he did resign, that would be interesting. Like maybe he couldn't cope with the pressure, or there's things going on behind the scenes that he doesn't really like. Maybe player power. No, it's like the same so. thing with Ancelotti. Like the players just said that they weren't they weren't really they weren't happy with his training regimes, and they actually had like a little kind almost maybe not to the same de- degree as the whole Do- Dominic France thing where Ribery <laughs> was leading the team out to like a team huddle and they still lost <laughs> the the game in, in the in the World Cup, but it was like players versus manager Ancelotti. So maybe it's a case of where Kovac. And his brother, and it seemed like, bro, like... These Bayern players, man, I think they they need to be looked at. Maybe they've been there so long. If you look at, like, the Boatengs and the Neuers and the Mullers and all these guys, they've been there so long, from, like, 2012, 2013, Mm. that the entrenched kind of power that they have, they're able to get rid of anybody they want, basically, and they'll play for who they want to play for. So you get rid of Enchilada, you bring in uh, Yopankis, who won the treble and then retires, They'll play for them. They wanted to play for Pep Guardiola, maybe because he's recognized as like the greatest manager in the world or whatever. And that wasn't really an issue. Maybe a few players had issues in that way. Who is Nico Kovac to be the manager of Bayern Munich? Like, who is this guy? He he managed Frankfurt two years ago, and now he comes and manages us. Like, who is this? So, like, why do we have to – like, where is our respect? We've won trouble. No, 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 Some of us have won World Cups. Like, who is this? No, but I think people's arguments was that, well, he coached the, the team that – Beat them in that DFP Pokal Cup final, and which and they said like, maybe that was the game in which they said, oh no no, maybe this is the look at what he he can do with Frankfurt, top four cup winners beating Bayern in the final. Boom! I think this this is the dude to, to say what's up for us. But um, no, but it is like so you win the German Cup and that's enough to manage the biggest team, like the third biggest club in the world, essentially, or maybe the fourth. No no no. I mean it's like I think that's why you know like even when he was hired, I was surprised because you're like you had Wenger. Mourinho has been like there are many much more experienced names that could have come in. So I remember like they've had Ancelotti, they've had Guardiola, they've had Heinkes. So to go from that to a Kovac, 
that's a big risk. And I just think that he's still a good coach, but there are levels. I think this job was too big for him. Same thing would happen to Pochettino if he he took the Real Madrid job. He'd he'd get found out. So do you think maybe the the Bayern board was just a little bit too cocky is not the right word, but confident, overconfident, maybe? It's like we've won this league with these players who are still generally in their prime, maybe like the latter t- the latter end of their prime. We've won this league, I think, six times in a row, perhaps seven. Maybe we could just plug in anybody. So Nico Kovac, he did okay with Frankfurt. So all right, let's hire him and see what happens. Because see, my thing was this. This could have been a 2012 Chelsea where they struggle in the Bundesliga. But I remember even after that Tottenham game, guys say, you know, guys, this might be Barnes here. This might just be Barnes here. So do you still value the Bundesliga much more higher than trying to win the Champions League, something you've not won since 2013? So would it really bother you that you don't win the Bundesliga this season, but you actually win the Champions League? Do you know, do you know what I find when it's like people's enjoyment of just seeing their teams win something again and again and again and again? Isn't there far more joy in winning something that is difficult to attain than oh. something that's easy to attain? It's like, how much joy do you have for a pastry fan seeing your team win Uber Eats? <laughs> you know. I think you, you said something in there that I didn't necessarily agree with. You said something that's easy to win. You might have meant easier to win than the Champions League. But winning a league over the course of 38 games in some leagues, 34, le- 34 games in the Bundesliga's case, and having a whole year of success and happiness. I feel like that's like Champions League success comes in spurts. The culmination of winning the Champions League is probably greater than any feeling you might have, bar a World Cup or Euros or something like that. But the idea that your club for if we're gonna if we want to look at PSG, I think it's seven out of the last eight. If we want to look at Juventus, eight going on nine times in a row. I think Bayern is seven of the last just seven in a row going on eight if they if they win this year. Just the idea that you could have almost a decade of sustainable success. And if you're a fan, the idea that your club is the best for 10 years and you've, you've never had to be second, you've never held second, that feeling of we are the best, nobody can touch us, that has to feel good. Maybe not as good as that one moment when – it's the 90th minute, you're up 3-1, Champions League final, the whistle blows, like that moment of elation might be great. But just the idea that for 10 years, nobody can touch you in your league, that has to be fun. Now you, now you come to this season, and as you said, and as we've kind of been documenting over the course of the year, the Bundesliga table, you don't know who's going to win this thing. Like from a, a team could be in 10th, win two games in their first. That's not something that I think Bayern, Bayern's hierarchy, Bayern players, the managers – and ultimately the fans have been used to. So now it's like, yo, we're maybe we're losing grip in some way, so maybe we need to switch this up. And as I said, Kovac is an easy guy to get rid of because who is he, really? Yeah. Imagine if Pep had stayed and the same season is happening. They don't get rid of him because they, they would probably have trust that this is the guy that's done X, Y, Z for us already and he's won the league and boom, boom, boom. They'd keep him. Nico Kovac? Kovacs. I'm sure this guy has a Wikipedia page. No, no, no. come on. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're being rude, man. All right. So this this is what he's this this is his career so far in management. Croatia under 21s, Croatia, Frankfurt 16, 17, 18, and Munich 18 and 19. 
there's no real like pedigree outside of maybe what he's done in his playing career, which looks extensive. Listen, man, I think it was a predictable outcome as soon as the hire came. I I probably thought he might stay for two years, maybe win the league twice, maybe not do that much in the Champions League, and then they'd go move to a more what would you call it? A blue chip coach? If that phrase translates across overseas, just like somebody who you know is like a an elite manager. And I don't think you'd call Kovac elite. Maybe in the same way. And I, and I think I said this before. Like if you looked at Manchester United, Barcelona, Real Madrid to an extent, and Bayern Munich, the four most popular clubs in the world, the fact that they have that or had, I guess, Kovac, Solskjaer, Zidane, and Valverde as their coaches, you're looking at it, it's just like, what is going on? You know, it's not like, well, I guess Guardiola's with Man City, and they've kind of entered that fray, Klopp with Liverpool, etc. but Mourinho doesn't have a job. Easy, easy. All that man. kind of stuff. Even, even Sarri with Juventus. Would you really consider Sarri to be like a top elite manager in that way? Like, maybe. Oh, no, 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 no. But not really. He has one major trophy to his name. Yeah, so... I'm just maybe. Do you think that there's like a just a lack of incredible managers that's making these clubs think hmm, maybe we can get away with this guy? Barcelona lost three one to Levante, and and then once Kovac was sacked, then we saw a bunch of Barcelona fans like, why don't we do that with our guy? I'm, I'm, I mean, how many truly great quality managers are there as of right now? Who you could who you could who you could really vouch vouch for as of right now? Ones with Man- Manchester City, ones with Liverpool. We could argue ones with Tottenham. Really? That's why I said I, we could argue it. Would, would you say Pochettino's better than Kovac? I think, yeah. Would you say he's better than Valverde? I think, yeah. Would you say he's better than Solskjaer? <laughs> would you say he's better than Sarri? Maybe that's that's a, that's up for debate. That's probably like even. And, and maybe you would give it edit to Sarri just because of the football that he played in Napoli. He won a Europa League, maybe blah, blah, blah. But, you know, Pochettino did make a Champions League final at the end of the day. As, as I said, I think PSG have a good manager, good to great in, in, in Thomas Tuchel. Good to great? Yeah. Bro, come on. <laughs> come on, come on. Just, just because they play Uber Eats, man, come on. I'm thinking, like, Dortmund, they have Lucien Favre. He's okay. He's I like the kind of football that they played at Nice. I watched it, if only because of, like, the players they had and whatnot, but... If we just think about like big clubs, Inter, Inter, Conte, that's an elite manager as much as I don't like him. Okay, so so then so then what do you then think is the reason why Real, United, Bayern have these roadmen? Real Madrid and Manchester United have those managers because of who they are, not necessarily what they are, right? So, oh, so you're saying Sokshi is as much a legend as Zidane was for Real Madrid? I didn't say that. I said they're there because of who they are, not okay. what they are. Meaning what Zidane means to Real Madrid and what Solskjaer means to Manchester United kind of makes up for the idea that they aren't necessarily great managers. The same way like Lampard is with Chelsea. Like Lampard's not a great manager. He could be. He might be. But he's at Chelsea because of who he is. He's Frank Lampard and he's at Chelsea. Like if Frank Lampard couldn't go to Arsenal and do what he's doing because he doesn't mean the same thing. And that, I think, is why those two managers at Madrid and United are there. Yeah. For for Barcelona, I don't understand it. <laughs> like I don't what, I, what no, wait, you know his 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 new name is um Ern. Well basically Ernie Ernesto Er I can't I can't basically we have to call him by how his parents call yeah, him. Like I, I think Bayern Munich are going to get one of the good managers. Maybe not 
right now, but Ooh, next, no, no. But, but next I need, summer. I need, I need a name. I need a name. Is it Ragnik? Ranknik? The, the, the former manager of RB Leipzig. I've seen him linked with the job, but I feel like that could be one of like a, a temporary hire. Like you no, take no, us. I think this, I think apparently closer coaches the Bayern under 21. So he might be a, a temporary thing. Uh, okay. If it were me, <laughs> if, if, if you give me like a uh, control of Bayern, um, damn, it feels like all, all the managers that are available aren't necessarily a good fit. I don't think the fans would want Mourinho at all just because of the type of style of football he plays. And you could argue the same thing for Allegri. I don't think they really want that kind of football, um, kind of pragmatic, not necessarily defensive, but just like it's not buying football in that way. Okay, but then would he, would he say Hank says it was sort of pragmatic? It wasn't really at- attacking. And that's been their most successful dude, you know? So I, th- I think for Bayern, I think all they want it really is to win. Mourinho definitely brings baggage, and maybe that's the bigger argument. What's, wait, so like, what kind of baggage does Mourinho bring exactly? You tell me. He's your boy. Nothing. He <laughs> comes humbly as a nice Samaritan, ready to do a quality job as long as the players are, are with him. But Mourinho is, at least in the past, I don't know about now, but he's selling your soul. He would get you big success. But at the end of the day, it's going to end in heartbreak. And you have to understand that once you sign up for it. And that used to be the case. You know what? I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that United were just so bad. And it was so much work that winning a Europa League, finishing second, I think he got an FA Cup in there or a League Cup. Fair enough. Fine. I know, but for me, I would say like, if Mourinho was to go to Juventus or a Bayern and a flop, then you could then say, yeah, he's, he's, he's done as an elite ma- manager. Using his time at United as proof that he's done as a United manager is on, is on, is unfair based on just how garbage the t- team is. Look, look at them; they're fighting relegation. <laughs> I, I think detractors would tell you that a lot of the players that are there are there because of Mourinho, though. Like Fred, like that was his idea, or players that he might have helped to ruin. If you look at maybe like a Luke Shaw or somebody like that, but yeah. I, I don't know what Bayern would do. Again, I'd have to ask a fan. I'm not going to pretend like I know Bayern Munich inside out. I, I don't. But what would make sense to me? <laughs> oh, and, this is, and this is like from the outside looking in. It's like somebody like Wenger. Because I, I know the style of football he likes to play. And that would see, that seems like Bayern Munich football to me. He likes playing youth academy guys. He's responsible with cash. Once you sign Marino, Marino is going to want you to do a, f- a couple of things. Like you're going to have to spend 80, 90 million euros on this player I want, that player I want. I need this guy gone that you might like or the fans might like. I, I still want him gone. I feel like Mar- uh, I feel like Winger could work inside of a budget. He's going to try to play 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1 style of football that might suit, you know, the Coutinho's, the Lewandowski's. Maybe he could be the Coleman whisperer. I don't know. Gabriel himself couldn't change in the <laughs> it, It's over. <laughs> like, like, it's, it's like. I don't know. I don't know. That's just, you know, maybe he might speak to him in French and say, "Hey, what that means?" Like, I don't know. Um, just gonna say pas. That kind of makes sense to me, but I don't think they do it. You think like they're gonna go for Allegri? They're gonna go from some German guy? Daniel, it's it, it's it's time. <laughs> it's 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 because for, for so long people it's time that he came home the stars have aligned i thought it would happen as real madrid but then real went to go and beat galatasaray and, and now i think equal on points with barca 
it's a sign that he reminded people that shut your mouth stop disrespecting my my name i'm i'm still that dude i'm still that dot 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 we can't really say it on on, on here but he's that dude and that's you know so. <laughs> I, I was like what did he mean by dot 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 i got it i got it <laughs> Anyway, person. I mean, selfishly, I want to see it just because. But again, I just do. You, do you think Bayern Munich are a club that would hire a Mourinho type? Yes, because I think of German mentality, band mentality, structure, disciplineness. I think that they would. It's just that they would be wary based on what what happened at United and think that oh, is he going to mess with the image of the club and mess with the vibe and everything? But they would strongly consider just based on his resume and how disciplined he is and how much he de- demands respect. So, are we going to talk about Barcelona? Bro, let's 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 look man the 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 streets want it. That's what Talk Tactics is about. We go in. We go in man the streets want it. <laughs> you kick us off. I'm sure you've had enough of these conversations. So, um why did he get hired in the first place? I mean, maybe you can do a fact check on this. As the who who did he manage before Barcelona? I don't know whether it was a Bilbao or something. Um, I think I think it was. Yeah. So basically, so he wasn't really known as this kind of um, attacking philosophy. You know, I mean, the Johan Cruyff. Because remember, Pep, students of Cruyff, Villanova was second in charge to Guardiola. Luis Enrique played for Barcelona at around that whole Cruyff era. Okay, Gerard Martino, okay, he was a bit um, out there, and then he eventually got sacked because he obviously he was much more of a pragmatist. So, and he and he got sacked because he wasn't in in the, in the Barca way. Rijkaard came from the Dutch school of attacking football. So, where does Valverde fit into Rijkaard, Guardiola, Cruyff, Villanova, Luis, and Enrique? Yeah, I'm looking at his his senior career right now. He did play for them for oh, two seasons. Valverde played for Barcelona. Mm-hmm. For how long? He two seasons. He he played twenty two league matches, so he wasn't that that effective. But then he went to Bilbao and played hundred and seventy games, and he managed. He's managed Bilbao twice. He's managed Olympiacos twice. He's managed Espanyol, Villarreal, Valencia. If we're gonna compare that with uh, Kovac, far more pedigree in that way. Whenever, whenever like these things happen, like okay, the loss to Levante, the loss to Liverpool, and everything. The manager has, has to take some blame. There are very few scenarios, very few scenarios where the manager takes a hundred percent of the blame. That's if the manager just says, I want you to play a seven zero zero, so sorry, like a 10-1-0 formation. The formation I'm asking you to play is so bogus, so crazy that no matter how talented you are as an individual, you are so disorganized on on on, on the pitch, there is nothing you can do to affect the game because the spacing is off, the structure is off, everything is just off. So you can't even function on, on the pitch based on the blueprints the manager has has given you. So that is a very rare occurrence. B.S. Boas, 2012 Chelsea. 100% for Valverde, there is more that he could do with regards to training players, changing the effectiveness of the game. And remember, you're playing, you're managing a very intricate attacking team. And this is the, the key thing about football. A lot of it is about management. Because, you know, I always think to myself that, look, these guys are, are so talented. Like, you don't have to do that much managing or that, or that much coaching. But remember, even if you're a star player, you're just one player on that pitch. It's mm. a very big pitch. Remember, see, this isn't basketball. One player can have a greater effect in a basketball game because it's a smaller court and it's only 10 people on on the court. 
on a pitch. It's a much bigger space, and it's 10 versus 10 over a massive, massive space. So you are far more reliant on tactics in football than you are in basketball because an individual can have a greater if, effect in basketball than, than an individual can in football. So no matter how talented these basketball guys may, may be, they are still about what do we do? How do we get what we got, what we learned in training into this game? Okay, this is, this is not working. Give us instructions. How do we move around? If you look at um, on the sidelines at Luis Enrique and at Guardiola, they were doing, and even Rijkaard, they were doing a lot of in-game management. You know, go here, pull out here. Yo, yo, move, move, move. No, no, come closer, come, come closer, go, come closer. You go out wide. If there's a space game, grab a guy to the sidelines. Yo, instructions. This is what I, I want you to do because there is constant coaching of passing. Move, move. This is the movement. This, this. I want you to make this run. I want you to, to make the other run. No, th- no, that was the wrong run. This run, I want you to make. No, I want you to, to pull out much more wide here. For Valverde, he sometimes does it, but I don't think he does. He's got a great handle on that. And the thing about it, and the misconception that people may have is. When you look at the success in um, 20, in 09, 2011, see, let's, let's leave 2015 to one side, but 2011 and 2009, that was a lot of coaching. There was a lot of coaching done by Pep, Pep Guardiola. Hence why I'll give Pep a lot of credit for what he achieved in 2011 and took, although, because someone brought, brought this up. Don't say the D word. What's the D word? It rhymes with moping. No, 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 not that. <laughs> Barcelona shouldn't have been playing the 2009 Champions League final. True, <laughs> you know. So, so, I mean, that's you know, that's a separate thing. But moving moving beyond, there's like a lot of coaching is, is involved. So Barcelona are in a stage now where look, look, it's complex because see, people like to, like an easy fix. But in talking tactics, we like to go deep in here and much more intricate. We, we don't we don't we don't just do easy blanket statements. Valverde is an issue, but Pique is past his peak. Busquets is past his his peak. The Cannibal can give you one, two, three great games, five, six trash games. His championship record recently is atrocious. Um, Griezmann, how good is he really? So there are a lot of players there who, <laughs> how good how, how good are they? And how much can they really affect the game? Because trust me, the squads of 2015, 09, 2011 was far better, mm. far better than this squad. The key point is there is no excuse to lose to Le- Le- Levante. That's what I was going to say. Like a lot of people, maybe even if we, if we wanted to talk about Manchester United later, a lot of people complain like, oh, the, the Glazers this, the Ed Woodward that, the manager this. Your squad's still good enough to beat Bournemouth. If you, if you look at that Barcelona team, it's still it's, it's good enough to beat Levante. Mm. Like, okay, maybe, maybe the, the board has let you down in terms of maybe you don't have the requisite players to win a Champions League. That's what management is exactly, called. Exactly. And, and, and I was going to get there. Like, may, maybe you could have the argument that Valverde isn't good enough to win you a Champions League. That when it gets into a quarterfinal, a semifinal, he short circuits, he does wrong substitutions, he sets the team up in a, in a, in a bad manner. Whatever the case may be, he doesn't give them the right information or he gives them too much information. Whatever the case may be, maybe he's just not tailored for that. We're not talking about the second leg in the Champions League semifinal. We're talking about a league game against Levante. You lost 3-1. So you can look at it from the manager perspective. You can look at it from the playing staff. You can look at it from the the board. I mean, I'm sure if we did a pie chart, we could say maybe it's 50% Valverde. Maybe it's 30% the board. Maybe it's 20% the players or something like that. But at the end of the day, you're Barcelona and it's Levante. So just go out and do what you need to do. And the fact that you can't do that, it reflects poorly on all three. I want to call them branches. but Departments might be a better word. The main reason I want Valverde gone 
what's happened to Dembele, yo? <laughs> like, like obviously you might, oh, it's his fault. He doesn't have great work ethic. Boo, boo, boo. But if Dembele's just not going to play you, why would I work hard? No matter what I do, this guy's not going to play me. <laughs> leave that in there, man. Leave, leave that in there. It, it shows the, the real you, man. It shows the real you. Not the real me. <laughs> but yeah, it's like no matter what I do, this guy's not going to play me. I want him gone if only for that. Maybe the next guy will just come in and do something special. No, no, I'm not. I mean, that I mean the way the way the, the ooze has been disrespected is, is 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 very 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 harsh. Like remember, he's still a young player. But and this is another key thing, another very key thing. Who who has Valverde improved? Can Valverde improve any any player? Is he capable of improving any any player? I don't know thing. So I mean, so is imagine Fred you took Messi out of the team, gets to the next level under Valverde. Will the ooze? Get to the next level under Valverde. No, they won't. Do, do you want to? This is why Barcelona were so desperate for Neymar in the summer, especially the players. The players know. The players know that look, this this guy's not giving us enough. So we need the next great guy. We need him back. You know what you're thinking? Like he left y'all. Why would y'all want him back so much? It's because they know. They know we need a player like that. Because otherwise, we're gonna end up losing. Like Griezmann. Okay, that's cool, but he kind of begged to get out of Madrid anyway. So, like, it is what it is in that case. But this is why they needed Neymar, or wanted him anyway. Like, PK, Messi, oh, we needed a great player, but it's difficult for him to go. Woo, woo, woo. They know. This guy ain't it. I have Madrid nil, Betis nil written down here, but we can skip it. Other than the fact that I looked at Eden Hazard's stats, and I think he's played over 400 minutes, and he only has one goal. So, this is not good. And, and one assist. So okay, two. I mean, so are we, but, but but you know he was man of the match. I think not the bestest game, but the game previous to to that he was man of the match. And the, because remember, like Hazard has never been a guy where he's that's what one he, goal, one assist. You know, but not Hazard wasn't has like he he needs to hundred percent do better and involve more. And I think that this this season is going to probably be a boss because the the the, the, the team is in there. But you can't judge Hazard's. Effectiveness on the team based on his stats because that's not what really he's, he's, he's about. Now, maybe you want to look at his assists. Maybe you want to look at his assists because like, that's what should re- that's where he's he's really in about. The goals thing is an extra. Hazard is not a goal scorer. He's a creator as a playmaker. So you may say, eh, "Bro, get get those as- assists up," but still, bro. All I hear is excuses, Doug. I'm just trying to save face. Man. Come on. <laughs> you can't play me at this point, man. Look, man. Look, look. He'll, look, look. He'll, he'll, he'll come good. Ho- hopefully, some. And all you need from him is just a good game in the Champions League. I guess like a good team in a knockout game, like couple goals and assist, man of the match performance against like PSG or somebody, knock them out, and then you're back. Oh, yeah, this no, is no. the Zad. I was yeah. telling the Zad, Zad, Zad. That's, one, that's one all you need. Performance, man. One big performance. If he gets one massive performance in a big moment, then you can always go back to like. The other players let let him down. This is what he needed to do the whole season. <laughs> no, 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 no. Basically, I've I've got like a whole series of of tweets on on draft for when In that drafts. Happens, you know. <laughs> okay. Um. Now, uh, to England. We kind of talked about this last week, but we talked last week about Liverpool and their need to win late possibly being an issue, and they did it again against Villa. Mm. Can they keep doing this? Now, is 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 this a is this a thing of Liverpool are bad and they're just escaping with wins due to money or just the brilliance of individuals, or are Liverpool biding their time before they start playing well? Do you understand what I mean? Like, is it they're winning while they're playing badly, or 
they're kind of scraping wins. And if things go bad, they're going to go really bad. Uh, that's, not, that, that, that's a tough question. It's just like, how, how, how often can you do this? Or is it eventually they won't have to do this? And you'll see the three nils, the four nils, the five nils, three ones, all that. that will, will that come? Or are they going to be dependent on heroics for the season? This, and I mean, if no, so, is, that can't be sustainable. Basically, I think like there is no way of knowing. There is no way of knowing of whether they're biding their, their time or they're really actually just struggling to be into a rhythm and they're just getting lucky with these goals. But my thing is um, you're right. still winning and you're still finding out ways to win. But the key thing is, is that you can't sustain this for an entire season. No. no. So I think for Klopp knows that it is, it, this is just a great side of our team that we have this mentality that no matter what, even if we're not playing well, we can still win and we can actually come back from a losing position and win. This is great but we have to get back to a stage where we are playing well, playing confidently and winning. Nothing comes easily or comfortably, which that might be a good sign that like, yo, this is our struggle part of the season and we're still winning. So then yeah. once we get back right, we'll be good. If, if I was to guess, I think it's a case of where they will get back to a good groove because mm. it's still the same core of the, the team from last season. They haven't necessarily gotten worse individually. And I just think it's a case of like they'll, just have to figure out how to really get into the group of playing really well, then then they'll be fine. But maybe, because look, Aston Villa, yeah, they've been decent, but look, this is a team that just got promoted and they were winning 1-0 for a long time. <laughs> so, yeah, But it, the, the scary thing is, if it is, we still have like fourth, fifth, sixth gear to come and we're winning these games, albeit dramatically, but we're not having to get at a third gear yet. Mm. What happens when they do get into their stride then? But we could be looking at like invincible type stuff if that's the case. Obviously, they have a game against Man City, so I don't want to be actually. Too... Let me ask you this though: Do you think they'll go on unbeaten? No, 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 no. Why not though? I just don't think that's possible in 2019, the same way it was in 2004. So that was that was Ranieri's last season. So you just had Liverpool, kinda, and Manchester United. The rest of the league, Tottenham, Everton. Now they're gonna have to go. They got to play Wolves. They got to play uh, Leicester. What's it called? Man City this weekend. Obviously, I, I'm Tottenham, Arsenal, United, City, Chelsea. Those are those are givens. But just the idea that you have those five teams, and then the rest of the league. If you look at maybe Crystal Palace, Leicester, Wolves, even the relegation sides, like Norwich played them well in the first game of the season. So it's it's not like there there are no easy games. I don't think in the Premier League. Maybe you might find a few. Like a team is off their game, you're on your game. But there aren't easy games. No easy game, but City got 98 points last season and 100 points the season before. You're, you're asking me, will they catch an L? Not will they get 100 points? Okay, okay yeah. I think yeah. I think that there are 114 points. I could be wrong on that. 114 points available. Three. Wait, so what's, what's three times 38? I think it's 114. I feel like I, this is just math yeah, in my head. Times three is nine, 10, 11. Yeah, 114. Yeah, yeah. It's just something I memorized. I don't know. If, I didn't know if it was right. <laughs> Do you know how scary that, that is? So City got a... So they only lost 14 points. In a season. But the, but the point is, of those 14 points, one of, three of those have to be at least from one L. Like, mm. you, you're not going to play 38 games and win them all. You might... I'm not going to say it's it's not unreasonable to say Liverpool could go unbeaten. But will it happen? You're asking me. It's it's kind of what we said about Leicester in top four. Can they? Yes. Will they? No. Yeah. 
One of those. Um, City played Southampton. Now, people thought, yo, Southampton lost 9-0 to Leicester last week. Uh, Man City might beat these guys by 12. As a matter of fact, it wasn't. Pep Guardiola, or rather, watching Rosemary of Pep Guardiola. And he said that, like, they that anybody that thought that this would be an easy game for City based off the Leicester City game hasn't played football before. But he said that anybody who's played before, anybody who's been a player knows that when you get beat like that, your very next game, you play even harder for your pride. Mm. So you give it even much of an effort and you're much, in your, that's much sharper in your next game because you want to just show that, nah, man, let's just actually play for our self-respect and remind people that oh, we're not a bunch of chumps. So <laughs> We are bricks. FC. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, 9-0 is, I mean, that is pretty, that was one for me. Imagine if someone actually won a Premier League game by 10. 10-0. We'll, we'll see it, I think, in our lifetime. We? We're already seeing nine. I feel like there was an 8-1 this season. We did Real Madrid beat Granada 10-1 or something. I swear there was like a 10 in, in La Liga's one point. Like, every week, we, <laughs> that something like that comes up, and I'm like, yo, all them teams come together, man. Ibar, Granada, Elche. <laughs> Somebody, somebody caught ten, but I don't know who. <laughs> you know, I, I said like, why is it that these Spanish teams they seem much like? Why is that like Elche and Huesca team like those names? Just, Huesca and like and Doncaster or Branch. I don't know. Just you just say Huesca or Elche. <laughs> ah, yeah, it just sounds it just sounds bad. But what, what, what was the point? I've, I've forgotten the point actually. <laughs> wait, 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 no, I think once we're talking oh, no, about no, no, no. Uh, yeah. Southampton, people thought they were going to lose yeah, yeah. by a big number. But at halftime, Liverpool and Man City, they were both playing at the same time. They were both losing 1-0 at halftime. And I put out, what are the chances they both lose on the same day? Because I, I knew. I, I knew what would happen. That would have been for Man City. like Because I'm sure they would have known that Liverpool were losing on Dremel. Because for right. them, they were like, man, imagine if we were able to get this win and go to and play them next weekend with the only a four-point gap. But mm-hmm. now there's, there's a six-point gap. is like, you know. Okay. First game of the week in the Premier League, Manchester United lost. Do we have any comments on this? Is it time for Oli to go? Has it been time for Oli to go? I, th- I, th- I, think, I think it might be time, you know, for him to, to, to part ways. Because looking at just how they're playing, I don't know how this team can go on a run. You know, like a run of of of, of winning games, um, and that's why you have to say to you know, Lukaku ain't great. He's not great, although he's doing pretty well at Inter Milan. But, he, but he's not great. But you always want to give yourself a cushion, especially when you're like a rookie like Solskjaer. Selling Lukaku was pretty much saying that we're going all in on Rashford, who whose maximum amount of goals is eleven, and I think Tammy Abraham has. Is, is going to pretty much exceed Rashford's personal <laughs> bet. Tammy has 10, I think. So. And well, Rashford is on what, five or six? Or No, I, people are saying Rashford's best ever total is 11, I think. Yeah, I think 11, yeah, 11. Or it yeah. might be 10 and Tammy has nine, but either way, like, Tammy's coming. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, man, it's like, I, I think that Sokja, I think the sooner Sokja gets sacked, the better. But even if you're bringing in a new manager, as Mourinho and Louis van Gaal showed, is that the problem is, is a lot deeper. Like, you, you you just need better players. These players, are they really good enough to beat Bournemouth? 
Yes, they may be better man for man, but how good is Fred really? How good is Scott McTominay really? How good is Daniel James really? Martial, all right. How good is Rashford really? These, these are the questions that must be asked. These are the questions that... <laughs> this are, is that. the same question that must be asked five different ways. No, you said, how good is McTominay really? How good is Fred really? How good are Rashford really? How really? How good are these players? So you said, these are the questions that have to be asked. I'm like, no, this is the same question asked five different ways. <laughs> How how good are, how good are these players really? Is the question. <laughs> but nah, I think it's a legitimate question, even still. I mean, let's 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 keep it real. Like even on Manu, they don't they, they don't get in top four, bro. That's that's not happening. I I, I think that's a write off. So 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 what is your updated top four now? Obviously, we have Liverpool and Manchester City that could go either way at the top. So who Chelsea, is Chelsea, bro? Don't sleep on Chelsea. I think if I was to say it now, I would say. Uh, Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Leicester City fifth. I still see. I just think that Aubameyang's goals—they'll just about to do it. But Leicester City are making it very interesting. I can't, no, trust, Ar- I can't trust Arsenal in this current state. When they win, when they're winning, they don't win. What do you mean? They—they they were up two goals against Crystal Palace. They dropped two points. Mm. They were up against Wolves. Drop two points again. It's like they can't hold on to a lead, and these games are at home. God forbid what what happens when they go to Molyneux or what happens when they go to Selhurst Park or they haven't even played a big team yet in this kind of run that they're in. Like this, these are the games that you would think, okay, three points, three points. He's even playing the lineup that they want. He gave them Torreira. He gave them uh, Guendouzi, Ozil. Um, he dropped Xhaka, he put in Lacazette, Aubameyang. The only player that was really missing was Pepe. And they still drop points. Arsenal for top four is contingent on, like, you get rid of Emery and you put in somebody who's a little bit more competent. And then Emery only has a plan A. How is it that you, you this guy, you take off, you're winning 1-0, <laughs> second half, you take off a midfielder and put on an, an attacking player. Well, like, no, no, no. Okay, okay. I actually, I understand what they were doing. I understand. I understood it. I just don't. I don't. Un- I understand, but it's a stupid reason, and I'll explain why. Torreira was playing as the furthest forward midfielder because he wanted Torreira to initiate the press because he's really good at running. So people assume in their minds, Lucas Torreira should be playing defensive midfield. So he comes off and he brings on, I think, Saka. Or Sacco. I'm not quite sure the last name. Somebody forgive me. He, he brings on the young Arsenal player. We could put it that way. Now, who is a forward player. So it seems like he's taking off a defensive player to put on an attacking player. But he's convoluted in his mind some way that Lucas oh, Torreira oh, should oh, be oh, playing oh, further oh, forward. Oh, so oh, it, oh, it, oh, it makes sense tactically. But the fact that you start Torreira where you start him is the mistake in and of itself. You're supposed to be playing Torreira deeper. He wants him to play further forward so he can run and agitate defenders and chase goalkeepers, I guess, just because he has that kind of stamina. It makes sense given what you were asking Torreira to do in the game, but you shouldn't be asking Torreira to do that in the game, which is your biggest mistake. You're not playing your players in their best positions, which then makes you look like you're doing something idiotic by taking off a defensive midfielder, which he is, and putting on an attacker. So that's the reasoning behind that one, but 
the fact that you would start Torreira when you start him is your mistake. But then where do Arsenal go from here? Like, so let's say Emery know. leaves and, and Allegri, <laughs> comes, will Allegri do better necessarily? Will, 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 will Mourinho, because they said, oh, Mourinho has been dining with some Arsenal dude. Will um, Mourinho do better if he comes here? I can't handle Mourinho at Arsenal, yo. I don't even want to think about that. Uncle Mu. Nah, I can't I, do it. I, I just want to see Uncle Mu back. I'm... I'm, I missed the. There was something inevitable about Mourinho to United that when it happened, we just kind of okay, yeah, like that was going to happen ever since Porto. Like, yeah, he might go to Chelsea, but somehow, some way, he's going to find his way to Manchester United. That happened. Mourinho at Arsenal, Mourinho at Tottenham. Please, no, like I can't. God, please. Don't let that happen, yo. On, Can we pray about this? Okay. Um, Heavenly Father, uh, we, we come to you today, and, and we just ask you that you stop Jose Mourinho managing uh, any club in North London. Uh, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Okay. I feel better. <laughs> Whoever your God is, even if you don't believe anybody, just put out good vibes into the universe that, uh, yeah, that Jose Mourinho won't go to North London, yo. You want to do questions? That's right, man. All right. This is from LFC Jack, 1995. Do you think Pep hates money and his alleged diving because of the color of his skin? Ooh. I just think he hates diving. I don't, I, don't, I don't think the color of money's skin has anything to do with it necessarily. <laughs> well, Maybe it does. Maybe it does. You know, you know, you know, Yaya Tori would tell a different tale, but, you know. <laughs> I, I just think Pep doesn't like Liverpool getting points, naturally. Look, man, Pep is 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 is, is that guy? He, he's a weirdo, man. <laughs> um, from packed mouth, is it fair to say City and Liverpool are some of, if not the most resilient teams the Premier League has ever seen? The amount of late winners both teams have gotten in the past two seasons is remarkable. I think, yeah. But again, I think when you have really good squads and you have really good players, the chances that they're going to score late goals increases if you have trash or worse players I shouldn't call them trash but if you have worse players than the ones they have maybe they don't have that ability to pull something under their out of that proverbial hat like the manchester united teams under ferguson you have a good players good things happen yes sir can we say yet that 2019 2020 is liverpool's year from quasi 20 basically based on what i guess the fact that they keep winning when they shouldn't don't fall into that, that trap man <laughs> This is a long season with many, many twists and turns. Things can happen. Look, look, Liverpool were, were on their way to winning. It's when um, City lost to Newcastle, then everything changed. So things can change very quickly, bro. Um, this is from Mason Boris. He said, who would your pick for Premier League Manager of the Year be so far? He gives some options, but I want to see what you say without his influence. Manager of the Year. Um, so far. Wait, 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 in the Premier League or overall? PL. Has to be Guardiola. He said, I'd have to go with Chris Wilder right now for having Sheffield United in the top six. But if Leicester get top four or even top three, it'd have to be Brendan Rodgers regardless of who wins the league. If you're talking about the year, the Chris Wilder guy, like he's doing amazing, but he's only just, just coming. Let's see what he does for the rest of the season. Rodgers, amazing for less. Let's see what they do. So if you're now saying... I think he means this season. You, know, you, you might be saying year as like from January. Oh, okay. Okay. I was about year. So, okay, if it's for this season... Yeah, we have to see what happens with Sheffield United and Leicester City. Like, if Rogers gets top four with Leicester, then he's he's definitely a good shout to get it. If Chris Wilder gets top six, even top seven, him as well. 
Since the start of the season from Football Bands 4, Ollie has amassed a whopping 13 points from 11 games. That's five points off relegation in November. After United's loss to sixth place rivals, <laughs> AFC Bournemouth, should United take a leap from Bayern's book and sack Cardiff FC's worst ever manager? There were a lot of bars in there, football yeah. fans. Um, should Ali be sacked? Is his question. Yes. But again, I don't, who do you get? That's the thing. This is the question for everybody. Barcelona, you sack Valverde. Who do you get? Kovac, you sacked him. Cool. Who do you get? Oh, bring back Rijkaard. <laughs> I have a name. I have a name. I have a name. Who? Benitez? Michael Aldridge. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, if I have to Michael Aldridge every two weeks, man? <laughs> What's actually when last you changed, did you change, You changed, man. Like, like, like when last did Michael Aldridge actually manage a team? I, I, I feel like he went to Saudi Arabia or Qatar or someplace like that, and I haven't heard from him since. He, he, he did well with Swansea, but then they got Europa League, and that messed everything up. I think. Uh, last question. Since sometimes it seems like teams focus more on making top two in the European group stages than actually winning, would making the first knockout game a single elimination home game for the group winners make the competition more exciting? So basically he's saying instead of the round of 16 mm. be a kind of a two-legged affair, what if you just gave the home team almost like a final in that Ooh. way? like. So what kind of advantage would the home team get then? What, what do you mean? Basically, you would be incentivizing winning in the group stage no matter what, not just trying to get points to get second or get in the top two. Mm. If, if you're going to scrap two-legged ties for one round, do it for the whole thing. That that, that would be my idea. Like if, if, if you go down that route, make the round of 16 one uh, single elimination, make quarterfinal single elimination, semi, and obviously the final. Um, do it that way. Do you know the kind of wildness that would happen if you had like basically if you made the Champions League like the World Cup? <laughs> no, 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 basically, don't don't mess with with one of the best inventions in football, which is the as the concept of the two-legged tie with the away goal rule. Don't mess with that. That's one of the most amazing. That is what makes the Champions League unique and amazing, and probably it is. If basically that whole away goal rule thing and thing is what makes the Champions League the best football competition in the world, the best sporting competition for me, based on just our ruling. The World Cup is just better because it's just more historic, it's it's more interesting, it's it's bigger, has much more prestige. But in terms of the rules and excitement and that away goal rule thing, that's just what makes the Champions League amazing. I have written down here Balotelli, Italy, and and racism. Five minutes. Five minutes. <laughs> Okay, so have hope. Could could you explain to us what happened uh, with Balotelli in Italy, please? Okay, so basically, so they were playing against Verona. I think it. I think it's Hellas Verona, not Kevo Verona. I think it's Hellas Verona. And um, obviously, there was. Um, I don't know no, the extra details, but just from what I know is, so racist chanting from the Verona fans. Balotelli got pissed off, smacked the ball. I believe in the direction of the of the fans out out of this the stadium. Was trying to walk off the pitch. The players then convinced him to remain on the pitch. Then the referee was told about this. Then they went to the whole dumbass routine of like the announcer saying, please don't be racist. Be nice to black people, please. Um, and then that and then pretty much that, that that was it. So obviously the real contentious thing is um should Balotelli have 
just continue to walk off? Why did the players keep Balotelli on the on the pitch? Are you valuing a fishness match over self-respect and and um, self-worth? These the these are the questions that rule our life, dear sire. <laughs> so I, I watched the uh, the clip and. What struck me first was, okay, Balotelli reacts. And Balotelli has a type of personality to where when he does something like that, it doesn't shock me. And it really shouldn't shock anybody. So he kicks the ball into the stands. Mario being Mario, fine. He tries to walk off the pitch. And players, I'm not sure if they're from the bench or if they were on the pitch, but they come over and he's trying to walk off. And they're just like, they're stopping him. Like they're putting their hands on him, teammates of his. And they're like, nah, 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 nah. Basically, like, don't leave, stay. Wooty Woo Mario. I don't, I can't read lips in Italian, but I'm sure he's saying something to the kid. Like, like, get the fuck up off me. Like, <laughs> this is bullshit. I need to leave, right? And the clip ends. So I'm not sure what happens. But then there was a clip later of a brilliant goal that he scored. They were down 2 0. And it's like the 88th, 89th minute. And he kind of bends a, a first time shot into the top corner. I guess they lose 2-1 given the time situation. but So he stayed on the pitch, um, or at least he, he was allowed to re-enter the game or whatever the case may be. But I think it is interesting, his reaction compared to like the, 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 the idea that, you know, you should stay on the pitch and don't, don't let it affect you. And the kind of that, that John Barnes thing of like, you know, it doesn't offend me. Woo, woo, woo. I'll just kick the banana off the pitch and I'll just keep going about my business. The fact that Balotelli is like, nah, like this this needs to end. Like they have to shut up in some capacity. I like that reaction. Obviously, obviously, like I know some people would be like, well, it's different. He's 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 not a John Barnes, though, you know. I know, I know. That's 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 what I'm saying. Like, I know some people would be like, well, it's you you let the racist people win if you react to them in that way. It's like, nah, like if I don't react, they still win. So at least I this way you get to show a little a piece of your humanity in some way like yo like this is not cool i'm frustrated if you just if it's like water off a duck's back in some way then ah, it doesn't affect them we'll just keep doing it or the officials will be like ah it doesn't mean that much to them they don't do anything you know but actually if you react to it and then you and then you bring attention like if balotelli doesn't do anything we're not talking about this nobody's bringing it up on social media because nobody would even Consider to say, oh, the Italian soccer fans were racist. They they wouldn't report that necessarily unless there was a reporter that heard it, and maybe he might tweet it, but it wouldn't catch the world's attention. What catches the world's attention is Balotelli reacts, and that's what brings you to the situation. And ah, oh, so Hellas Veronis or whatever the hell that Hellas team name is, Hellas Verona, Hellas Verona. The Verona fans are being racist. That is the kind of reaction I think we need more of. Just take the ball. Yeah, bring the game into disrepute. You know when you're playing in the street and just somebody does something stupid and it's your ball, so you just take the ball. It's like, like I'm going home. Like I don't need to be out here playing with you because you fouling or y'all are disrespecting or whatever the case. I'm just taking my ball. I'm going home. I don't need to be out here with you guys. You guys gonna get me in trouble. I'm gonna end up getting beaten, spankings. Like nah, I'm going home. That's what Bellatelli. That that's what he did. He just he took the ball and just punted it. Maybe he was trying to hit one of them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. Look, it's it's flipping, but no, no, no. If he was trying to hit them, he would have done it maybe like side foot. But yeah, he just took the ball and he just punted it. And I was like, yo, like I like this reaction. I put out like Balotelli doesn't do say no hashtag say no to racism. Balotelli <laughs> does hashtag <fuck> racism. 
<laughs> yeah, and I like that. I like that. He's just like, no, nah, I'm not standing for this shit. Like, I want to go home. And it was disappointing to see how his teammates just they, – they didn't back him. They were almost like, no, nah, not now, Mario. Like, it's a game. Ooh, yeah, like. no, because they're okay, like, no, they want to try to win the game. Like, for them, racism, who cares? Yeah. This getting this ball inside this fishnet is more important than racism, you know. <laughs> well, I can tell you, I, I can just tell you're over it, man. You know, no, no, for me, it's, it's like because uh, even when it was, I'm, I'm like, okay, so what am I, am I really gonna have another conversation about like, oh, this racism? How how can we educate these white people to this be less? This is the thing, though. Me? Like, it tires you to the point of atrophy. Ooh, damn. It happens so much and it taxes your emotions so much that sometimes these things happen and it's, especially if they're not happening to you or in your area or whatever the case may be. It's just like, again, I don't want to talk about this again, but how, how, how does it get better if we don't discuss it? Especially us, because like it's I don't just, know who these black the, people the, are who are like afraid to talk about these kind of things, or like they don't want to talk about it, or like ah, if we don't talk about it, it'll get better, like the whole Morgan no, no, Freeman. No, 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 if we don't talk about racism, it'll go away, like that no that's stupid it's, it's like, not, we, no, we, we have to talk about it. What, what i've always said though what i've always said though is is very simple you you walk off and you bring the game into dis- disrepute and you dock points off these teams if you know if you're not going to do that these things will continue to happen simple as that nothing more to be said <laughs> so you know that's it I, I just i wanted to acknowledge mario in that way and be like i i salute him for his reaction to what he did to bring attention to the situation, I feel like is needed. Just shout out Mario Balotelli one time. Should have yeah. played for Ghana though. Well, maybe now he wishes he played. He played for for Ghana, man. You know, like your own country people are are, are calling it a, a damn monkey. So how, how about that? Uh, we do this podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on the social medias: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Twitter is the main one. All the links are in the description. Remember to follow us on Patreon. Join us on Patreon. We're going to be talking about power. If you're listening on Spotify, remember to give us a follow. Shout out to you. Um, if you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. What are you doing? Leave us a five-star review, and we will definitely read it on the show. You know, if you're listening in America, Canada, Great Britain. Iraq. Iran. Malaysia. Hong Kong. Like, we get reviews from everywhere. So shout out well, to everybody. Well, well, well. I'm, I'm not sure how much listening has been happening in Hong Kong right now. You know, they're, they're, going, <laughs> they're going through a bit of um, um, stuff there. They're throwing these stones at our windows, you know. Leave us a review, and we'll, re- and we'll read it on the show. Yeah, I'm at Daniel to look. Go to the bloody website, halfofoverhot.com. Damn. Go <laughs> to the bloody website. Calls at Anchorman 616. Talking Texas Podcast. Sometimes We fun. miss you, Carl. Where are you, man? We, we, we miss you, man. I miss you so much, man. Talking Texas Podcast. Sometimes funny. Sometimes serious. Always freaking football. Indeed. We will see you guys next week. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.